0: It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker.
1: Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Stock Car Show. Presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at HMS Motorsport. Com. And you can find us right here in the Race Chaser studio Oof. in Mooresville, North Carolina. I am Tom Baker, along with Jacob Seelman from Hello. Speed Sport. And behind the glass, we have the venerable Randy Miller doing audio production and co-hosting and Chris Murdoch doing video production. Webster's word of the day, venerable. Venerable. Yes. Go look it up. It is the word of the day. I don't need to look at it. Up. I, I would say it's it a drinking <laughs> phrase, but it's the only time we're going to use it tonight. So uh, it won't really pay because nobody will get drunk. So <laughs> it's, That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a complete waste to have a drinking phrase if you're not going to, you know. So as we get started here tonight, um, I, I wanted... Uh, we always start with news of the day. Unfortunately, today... We have some bad news um, out of the Junior Motorsports camp. Um, Junior's mom, Junior and Kelly's mom, passed away today. And boy, what a what a a, a sad day for not only them but for really everybody connected with Junior Motorsports. Brenda Jackson passing away uh, f- after a battle with cancer. She had been 15 years. Working at junior and being a part of that, you know it's it's times like this when you really realize that racing is a family sport, mm-hmm. and when when somebody's hurting, when somebody in the racing community is hurting, we're all hurting, and that um, you know that that really rings true this evening as we get started with our show. Um, you know we really want to express not only. Our condolences but um you know i send our prayers out to dale jr and kelly and and everybody in the family and uh everybody at junior motorsports as well because um you just there's just no words really that you can find that ever suffice
2: in a situation like this i can find a couple and i'll start with cancer sucks
1: yeah well that's that's the hashtag i always use yeah
2: um and, and this whole situation, just, you know, you hate to lose anybody in the racing community, but when yes. you look at what Miss Brenda, as they always called her over at JRM, gave not just to that team, but to the community at large, um, it's a tough day. It is. And you're right. Yep. She had been with the company since 004. I mean, almost back to the earliest vestiges of the team when yep. when it was still the Bush Series. Um, Just getting started, of course, one of the daughters of NASCAR fabricator Robert G., of course, anyone who knows the the history and some of the historical aspects of the early days of NASCAR know that name. Yeah. Um,
1: Amazing car builder. Yes.
2: Yeah, Robert was. And um, Brenda certainly, you know, left her mark. Um, I can, you know, to this day think of some of the stories that Junior would tell in the media center. Uh, regarding the texts back and forth with his mom, even when she wasn't at yeah. the racetrack, um, one after the the second 500 that he won in 20, 2014, where you know she texted him afterwards and said, "I knew you were going to do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, just uh... you know if there was if there was one thing she made very clear for years, it was that how proud she was of Dale Jr. and of Kelly for not just what they built Junior Motorsports yep. into, but what they did and gave back to the sport. So uh, she was 65, and she will be sorely missed, I know, in the garage area and the Mooresville community. Um, our prayers certainly with the Earnhardt family, with Dale Jr., with Kelly, and and everybody involved in the Junior Motorsports team. Uh, like I said, just just a tough day.
1: Yeah, very but tough day
2: we move forward. I want to uh, take a moment to note, I was glancing at our chat just a moment ago, and while we're in the process of uh, sending prayers out, I feel it prudent to offer some well wishes to a driver that I'm going to be seeing later in the weekend, who just popped into our chat, Christian Christian Eckes, who is... uh, after a bout with food poisoning, going to get his Arca Racing Series or Arca Menards Series. There's a dollar in the jar. <laughs> Championship charge back Only on track. Menards. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get on John Menard's bad side, okay?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you're, you don't mind. You're, you'll correct yourself for Arca Menards, but whenever you say Phoenix instead of ISM, you don't worry about it. What's with that?
2: Because isn't some, that like
1: some form of
2: some habits really? Some habits really do die hard. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I st- hey, it, it with, with tracks, it just is what it is. I called I even when Charlotte was Lowe's, I still called it Charlotte. So,
1: well, at any rate, at, uh, at any rate, we back, can certainly yes, agree. Get, get, on,
2: getting back to the point, we you know I I'm looking forward to seeing Christian back in the car yeah, Friday for for sure for Talladega, and I mean shoot, when you look at the math, he's only. Even after giving up the points lead, he's only 80 points back of Travis Braden. This fight is far from over. Oh, quite it's early in the season. Quite, for quite frankly, I think it would make a hell of a story to see him come back after missing a race and still take it all if he has the opportunity to do so. Oh,
1: I think he does, and I, I believe that he'll make a fight out of it before the end of the, the season. I mean, Christian is definitely a talented racer, and he's proven himself – not only in the Arcus series, but also in the truck series as well. Um, I see no reason why he shouldn't uh, come back and contend for the championship. He's definitely got the equipment to do it. So uh, excited to see what's still ahead for Christian Eckes. And uh, we're glad he joined us in the chat and certainly – thinking about him as he gets back into the car that, yeah uh, oh that, that's not fun
2: oh by the way Venturini Motorsports has kind of sort of won every race so far this season well yeah exactly so,
1: so that's why you don't worry too much but uh, happy to see that he's better for sure yes for sure yeah. no uh no doubt about that okay uh we should point out before we go any further we do have two guests coming up tonight yes let it, let both it. from the uh The My Computer Career Easter Bunny 150 pass race at Hickory Motor Speedway this past weekend. Uh, Man, looking forward to talking to both of them, too. We've got Derek Griffith, one of the New England uh, pro stock slash super late model, depending on what part of the country you're in, racers. And um, also Trey Jarrell, who made his return to action with Reedy Racing over the weekend and ran from thirtieth to eighth <coughs> in that race. Yeah, that uh, well certainly was a hard charger for sure. Even if he didn't get the award, he was it was definitely worth it. I um, know he.
2: Pa- I'm ninety eight percent sure he did pass the most cars.
1: So. Yeah, well, um, and you know, you, I watched him through a lot of that race and Trey. Trey, definitely, um, it's funny because we used to call him the smiling assassin when he was in the Legends cars. And, (laughs) um, you know, I I saw a little bit of that at times during that race, especially the back half of it uh, the other night. So looking forward to talking with both young drivers as we get further along in the show. But um, you and I... Well, I was there. You watched the event. I I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing cuz we didn't see you there Saturday night, but Correct. I was wa- I
2: was watching the the video stream cuz after yeah. after back-to-back trips <laughs> to and from Your day trip Columbus, to Columbus that yeah, for for a race that got rained out, uh, I, I decided to cut my loss especially after seeing it rain off and on all yeah. day Saturday. I cut my losses and uh, watched from home because I wasn't in the mood to stay there till 10, 10:30 10, at night. Yeah, but it was a
1: hell of a race. It definitely was. I mean, I honestly, uh, I thought this was to me this was a classic um, in every sense. In of the every word. sense of the word, because it really, I mean, when you have two guys like Bubba Pollard and Preston Peltier, who are considered among the very, very best at what they do in that division anywhere in the country and you've got peltier who's who had won i think five of those yes. bunny races going into saturday Indeed. and bubba who's won about everything there is to win everything this year. but the bunny um yeah everything but the bunny you you quickly find yourself in a situation where you're hoping for that clash of the titans but also hoping that it's actually a clash of the titans and not a situation where one or the mm-hmm. other of them runs has a problem or run yeah. yeah and the other one runs off and hides and boy let it, me tell it, you it was we a clash, got of the every bit of that clash of the <laughs> titans um in every sense of the word right up until i mean those two ran side by side and were swapping the lead twice a lap um you know, asphalt slide jobs pretty much on e- on each other. Um until they until didn't. yeah, Preston Peltier turned Bubba Pollard and uh um, Bubba Pollard
2: then expressed yeah, his
1: pleasure with Preston Peltier. Yeah, he told him he was number one and and then later on he got him back coming through the field in traffic. Hmm. But um you know that, that basically took both of them out of contention for the win. But I'll tell you what, while that was going on that race, that sort of battle between the two of them in traffic, open track, whatever, it was amazing. And you had drivers like Tate Fogelman and, and Mike Hopkins and other drivers behind them who were battling in their own right for the rest of the top five. I mean, there was racing all over the track all night long. And actually, I would argue that I think the fact that we got so much rain and there was really no uh elongated practice the track was green i think probably helped in the end because everybody went out in the green race track and some guys hit it perfectly and others not quite so much um so you had some pit stops during the race trying to dial in the cars i just thought it was a great race all the way through it was Um, absolutely with a lot of comers and goers and you know really really enjoyed that one so you know i'm happy that uh pass stuck it out and waited for the window and then went and ran uh, and got the race in. They did a really great job. We'll talk more about that race. And we've got NASCAR conversation coming up as well. And, of course, our guests soon to be heard as we continue with the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety right after this.
3: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques this is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 here at lewis mineke we're more than just your average car care center hey it's dave your neighbor from lewis mineke whether you need an oil change brakes tires anything under the hood we've got you covered take advantage of our free check engine light service as well yes free and don't forget about our free shuttle service never stress we'll take care of the rest on with life give us a call at lewis mineke 302-827-2054
4: this is Denny Hamlin. I want to share with you today a little known but widely pervasive neurological disorder called dyspraxia. It's estimated that dyspraxia affects between 4 and 10 percent of the general population and the majority of those affected are male. The condition primarily affects motor skills but also can affect memory, judgment, and executive function. It's sometimes referred as the hidden disability because it's not immediately obvious to others that the person affected has special needs. My niece Sarah has dyspraxia, and with the proper support in place, she is very successful in school and other activities. Sarah was lucky because she was diagnosed early. Many children and adults go years without knowing. Let's raise awareness for this disability that affects one in 11 people. I encourage you to learn more, get involved,
5: For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online.
2: Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Oh, 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 Randy. So so you really, really want to remind me again that I didn't get to see a race on Friday night.
6: Really? Actually, that was not my intention, but now that you mention it, you, that's exactly what I did. Ironically
1: <laughs> enough, however, Jesse Love not only got to see a race, he got to run one. Yes, he did at Placerville on Saturday, Saturday night
2: and came within a couple, uh, couple tenths of a top ten finish, ran 11th yeah. uh, at Placerville in the 360s. Did a, did a bang-up job for not being able to he make his key. He had to go halfway across debut. the country to do it.
6: Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. he, did it. Yeah, and he did it.
1: He loves, he loves those wing cars.
2: He'll get three more shots at uh, his KKM midget debut this weekend, by the way, with the Power Eye uh, Lucas Oil National Midget League, going to uh, run Little Belleville, uh, Belclair Speedway in Illinois on Friday night, then go to uh, Peebley, Missouri on Saturday
1: and finish up at Jacksonville on Sunday. Should be fun for the youngster who is 14 years old. We'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how all of that works out for him. Um as we continue with our program, um you were just reading through an article that it's kind of fun once in a while just to get a little bit off topic and discuss something that social media has been discussing uh off and on you since should... the first part of it happened, which yeah, is the you... Tiger
2: Woods Yeah, I I, I just taken aback by the fact
1: that you you say that as if i never
2: get off topic
1: (laughs) well Well, you know i also get off topic once in a while but can we just continue with the show yeah so sorry (laughs) so we we continue getting off topic and talk about something that actually really isn't off topic it was a big topic on social media tiger woods went out and won the masters again Uh uh-huh um which i actually thought was awesome i'm a huge tiger fan and have been for a long time um the sports world, and most of the mainstream media called it the greatest sports comeback in history. Um, some of us in racing, I will say uh, several of us in the racing world, opined that maybe it wasn't. Maybe nikki Lauda, maybe his comeback was the greatest comeback i mean after all it inspired a movie it did
2: um there there's about 15 names do you want me to go down the list well i mean. let
1: me let me get to that so so nikki lauda and a few other uh drivers were were mentioned uh over the course of the last several days on social media and then just here today as we were getting started with the show an article by Robin Miller pops up who opines that not only was Tiger Woods' comeback not the greatest comeback in sports history, it wasn't even close. So now we have Robin Miller listing a number of other comebacks um that he believes were bigger, I'm assuming, right Jacob, than than uh Tiger Woods' comeback. So uh Let's pick the first one. What's the first one on his list? Well,
2: not, as as he referenced right off the top, uh, these are not in any particular order. Um, but the first one, as you referenced uh, right off the gun, was Nicky Lauda, who literally went from last rights to nearly winning a Formula One championship yep. in the same season. Uh, you know, burns to the head and face critical condition they they, to the point that they summoned a priest to deliver the last rites but this is where this is where lauda got the nickname the rat as robin said he just didn't die right and missed two races came back for the italian grand prix finished fourth without his left ear that was gone um the skin on his head was still so raw his whole driver's suit was soaked in blood but he kept the championship, you know, mathematical contention all the way down to the last race of the year in Japan. Qualified third, but because of some of the other injuries to his tear ducts in the crash earlier in the year, he had to pull off after two laps in a rainstorm because he couldn't he couldn't blink, so he couldn't keep the water out of his eyes. Wow. James Hunt won the won the championship that year, but yeah. you ask anybody to this day who the champion. Is and should have been. Well, clearly, that's a situation of,
1: okay, James Hunt got the most points, but.
2: Correct. You know. So, you know, you go down the list. Jim Hurtabies, who was.
1: I forgot all about that, actually. Kirk
2: burned almost 50% of his body. Um, That was where, when they did the surgery to try and repair his fingers. Herc asked them to basically make his hands claws so he could still grip the steering wheel. And he came back and finished fourth at Phoenix in his first IndyCar race back. Jim
1: was one of the last drivers, and may have been the last driver, to actually try to qualify a front-engine car at Indy. I think he was the last one. Yep.
2: Little known fact. Yeah. I Miller there's no way Miller's listening to this right now but if he were he'd be he'd be probably yelling at, at, at the screen or you know, yell <laughs> yeah. yelling at his smartphone if we were wrong uh Mel Kenyon for another one yeah and I've talked to Mel about his comeback oh, yeah. a couple of times um you know when I've seen him in Fort Wayne uh you know lost all the fingers on his left hand but his brother Don designed a glove to help him help him come back he came back the next May and finished fifth at the 500 and Won four more USAC midget titles with no fingers on his left hand. I mean, um, the Bettenhausen brothers, my God. I mean, that whole family family was a tragedy in racing as Mm. much as they were a story. I mean, Gary won a 100-lap feature at Fort Wayne with one arm. Qualified for the Indy 500 with one arm. Um, you know, Merle lost his right arm, still came back and won a pair of USAC midget features with one arm. Um, you know, more recently, Hinchcliffe comes to mind as one, Yep. you know, who went from basically dead, you know, should have probably been dead, but came back the next May and won the poll for the 500. (laughs) Lord only knows how many times AJ Foyt cheated death over the years.
1: Yeah, well, right up right up to recent times with bees on the yeah. farm. I mean, that's... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who else have we got? Rick Mears. Oh, Rick Mears. Was another one. Yep,
2: Doug Wolfgang. Um, and Zanardi, of course. Yeah,
1: Zanardi, it actually... Um, one comes to mind for me in Oswego, Jim Cheney. Um, in 1977, was badly burned mm-hmm. in a supermodified fire, and his hands took the brunt of that. Um, and again it was when he came back in 1978 at thompson his hands basically once he gripped the wheel he couldn't ungrip it i mean he won the race and in victory lane they literally had to pry his hands off the steering wheel because he couldn't right um and although jim after that his career kind of took a, a bit of a downturn he still had some strong runs and right um you know same kind of thing you know i guess when you look at all of that it's such a subjective argument it is i mean You're you know wrong. greatest comeback in the history of sports i'm sure there's a, a thousand comebacks in different sports that we hit, we aren't even thinking of right now and so for me it's kind of like who really cares what the greatest was they're
2: all great they're in all, their all great own way. in
1: their own way and they all yes. i think you know not only tiger but all of those drivers we just talked about And there should are others. Be, yeah, there are yeah. many others. I mean, um, I can definitely see Robin Miller's point in writing the article. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, again, I mean, we have to understand that most of the mainstream media, especially today's mainstream yeah. media and mainstream sports media, they have no idea who three-quarters of those drivers were because none of them go back to to that part of – IndyCar and F1 history where most of that happened right
2: well I would say the only one that has the potential to transcend motorsports in a somewhat similar way that Tiger transcends golf is probably Foyt
1: well maybe but again I think if you just look at the accomplishment itself you know Tiger went through a lot of a couple of surgeries and you know and has been kind of down for a while so it's certainly a great comeback, and he deserves every bit of praise that he gets, um, and people who sort of penalize him for all the off-the-course the, the course stuff that happened need to just look in their own mirror because yeah. we're all sinners. So it's like, look, if the guy's learned and he's he's doing what he should be now, I'm totally good with that, and, and I love seeing him win that. Um, I don't care if it's the greatest or not, every one of those – drivers we just talked about um tiger and anyone who has the persistence to overcome major challenges not only in sport but in life itself um deserves respect and Absolutely. so you know whoever you consider the greatest or whichever comeback if you're in that conversation that's all that really matters exactly. as far as i'm concerned um You know what i think we
2: need to talk about here in the next couple minutes
1: well, well, I know we have a break coming yes, up. Yes, we do, but we've got a minute or two. Dega. We can start that if you'd like. Talladega, sure. I would love Why to start that. Um, Stephen that. Stephen in our in our chat. sure he's sure he's excited about Talladega coming up. Mm-hmm. I up. something know something else he's excited he's um, Oh. about. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, well, we got Land of Legends. There's that, community. too. Yeah, Stephen is now, and I am really happy for Steve being a part of that announcing team right? this year at Canadagua, formerly Canadagua, um, Speedway up north, because that is a huge, huge uh, deal for him, and I know he's excited about it, so. Uh, definitely wishing him all the success and everyone at Land of Legends as they get started with their this weekend season. was supposed to be their opening night yeah but it's uh, mother nature
2: yeah it, <laughs> mother nature wasn't really a th- no. fan of the mo- let me rephrase that mother nature wasn't a fan of any racing anywhere from
1: about the Mississippi east yeah I mean Hickory luckily got theirs and Bowman Gray got rained out too or I yeah. would have been happy to talk about Bowman's opener on this program <sighs> so we'll have to do that uh I have to do that on a future show And with that we're going to step aside then we'll talk talladega in our next segment for a bit before we welcome our two guests um or our first guest anyway in the uh, 45 segment so we'll be back with more of the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders of motorsport safety right up to this
4: Hey, I'm Brennan Poole, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Well,
1: Brennan races for On Point.
2: He does, and that's also a reminder that I miss the trucks.
1: Well, they'll be back soon.
2: Yeah, at
1: dover they're but gone for good they just no they're not but they've been week. They, they've been gone for a month though and that's way too long meanwhile <laughs> if you're if you're a racer and you qualify to be eligible for the arca series you um, do get to race this week. yeah on um, point has an arca car available they do yeah they do when did that happen they had a driver who um had no to... wait
2: no not on point uh
1: vizion Oh, sorry, Vizian. Yes, my bad. It was Vizian. You're right. It isn't on point. Yeah, Vizian had, has an ARCA car available um, if you'd like to hop into it. So uh, just go to Vizian Motorsports page. <laughs> you,
2: you totally psyched me out for a minute. I was like, You're when right. the it's heck Vizian. did on yeah. was almost mad that
6: he, you had breaking news and he did <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Well, I could have, like freaking news, name. I could have no, done his I, sounder. I, and I played that re-entry because I I was hoping we would get to talk about Brennan being in a modified. It hit uh, Bowman Gray, but of course it rained. Of course it rained. To, so. Well,
1: we could talk about him being in one, he but he did practiced a little bit. He for wasn't like because minutes. there was
2: no reason. Who's, mo- who's modified did he practice,
6: Randy? I would have to double check. Yeah, I can't remember. Please do. I think, it, it, I, actually, I think On Point actually filled in an entry for him. To go to Bowman Gray and race, but no I'll have kidding. Yeah, I think, I think that might be you, right. You do that actually. while we yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I will do that. Yeah, Randy yeah. will, I will work that, on that
2: right now. Yeah, we, Randy's going to work on that. While in the meantime, we can talk about the fact there's three races at Talladega talk this about, weekend.
1: Let's talk about Talladega for a little yes. bit because Talladega is fun to talk about any time of the day. Um, what's interesting to me is we're a little different this weekend because we have no restrictor plate. In the cup series. In the cup series. Well yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. We introduce the tapered the spacer. new tapered spacer part of the package, which of course has not been run yet on a super speedway because Correct. they told me they still ran the plates. So this is sort of the final little piece of the twenty nineteen package for the cup series that we haven't seen yet. Yep. And you know whatever you know you know what a lot of people think we're gonna see? What? The return of the tandem. Yes. Two car tandem? I hope not. Are you kidding me? That was, I mean, if that's the case, somebody needs to put Trevor Bain in a cup car fast (laughs) because that boy, two car tandem, is better than anybody else in the series. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how he won the Daytona 500 in 2011. Was that he he learned how to two-car tandem better than anybody he else quicker any, Well, than yeah, because
2: he didn't have any bad habits to yeah, learn. Yeah, exactly. but, uh, but yes, that seems to be the rumor I hope going that's not around. The case. Is that I even hated that. even some of the drivers have said you know said that they feel like it's a po-
1: the, t- the there's a possibility the tandem draft could return. See, if that's what we're gonna see from Talladega and Daytona going forward, then you know as far as i'm concerned that's junk and you need to just get rid of it and and before they ever hit the track and put the restrictor plates back and let's go so
2: i'll play devil's advocate because i can
1: you're not a fan of 88 lead changes in one race i'm not a fan of two car tandems lead changes are fine but the two car tandem It's not it's it's like a team race. It's like a team lead change. It isn't just, you know, somebody passes somebody and somebody else passes somebody. It's all about who is better pushing and who is better in front. And, you know, know,
2: basically you're mad that the pusher gives up their opportunity to win the race. Well,
1: I'm not mad, but I just think it makes sort of a different kind of racing out of it and yeah you basically get to a point where whoever's in second on the last lap you know they're not going to try to pass the leader unless they're not a teammate and then the question becomes well, if
2: they're, can they well keep in mind if you're far if you get far enough out on the last lap you can try and pass the guy that you're pushing on the last I lap I don't know Brad Keselowski did it in 09 he had it, won
1: the race Yeah I mean I just I don't know I'm not ai was never a fan of of the two car deal and I think it badly disadvantages the teams who don't have two cars or drivers who don't have any respect um who don't you know you if you've got the the major teams are okay you push him i'll push him and then we'll swap every once in a while right and then you got to worry about your temperature going up because somebody's on you and then somebody turns somebody because they can't push well and we have a 28 car accident um so but what are we really doing if here you
2: look at the numbers back in the ta- in the days of the tandems we really didn't have any big ones well, because, but then again, that's because with the tan- the tandems were all spaced out far. There was actually space to avoid
1: a car when it wrecked. But that was a, a really different type of car too than what we have now. We haven't had, we haven't had the two car tandem since 2011. That was really the only year that, we, it, was, that it was it was it big. Was the beginning. that was maybe the, into 12. Yeah, eleven but and that's, eleven and twelve. The yeah. cars have changed a ton since then. So a little bit. I know. mean,
2: we went from that eleven and twelve was still um, Gen Five going into the first
1: iteration of the right. Gen Six. That's What I'm saying it's it's not that these are completely different cars. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm hoping that's not what happens. I mean, I I really I would like to see a style of racing on the super speedways that's much more reminiscent of the 70s and early 80s where. You, you have a situation where a single car can draft up and pass rather than um, Having to rely on a second car because then we have no idea um, Who's actually the best car or not because they're all pushing and I hate cars that push each other anyway Because that's what causes wrecks. Okay, Randy, you've got an answer to the Question of who is Brennan Poole driving for yes. at Bowman Gray? It,
6: it was an om, it was an on-point motorsports entry that was sponsored by strutmasters Oh, about. fine. Oh, wow. So, Okay.
8: That's
1: fine. Interesting.
6: That's, so you got a twofer with that re-entry because it was re- his re-entry and nice. Strutmasters before that. There, there we go. I plugged well, two things at once. Um, Wonderful. You're welcome.
1: So Chip Lofton and strutmasters.com were behind Brennan's modified effort. Unfortunately, I don't think Rain. he'll be able to. Um,
6: I believe he made 15 laps in practice. Yeah. Hey, guess
1: what? There's no
2: truck race
6: this weekend.
1: Oh, so. that's right. So I guess he can go he back. He could go yeah. back
2: if he wanted. No, yeah, I guess he can. I guess it's a question of if he wants to. All right, let's go back to Talladega yeah. for a minute uh, and talk about the ARCA race for a second. Because the, question, you know, the obvious question is, can Venturini Motorsports start off the year 4 for 4?
1: sure of course they can i mean that's uh you you got christian eckes coming back michael self michael self is is amazing on super speedways i mean that's his forte um you know i don't see why not i mean who you know talladega is a race anybody can win right you know the arca series proves that year after year because you know there's always uh, a surprise or two that jumps up andy seiss Comes to mind immediately had a second place finish. Yeah, one um, year and yeah. really could have won a year ago at Daytona.
2: Yeah, at, uh, no Talladega. Yeah, it was right. at Talladega. Um, so, Brandon Lynn's in one of the Venturini cars, and we know he's solid in the draft. You know, there again. I
1: mean, I there. It's interesting with the Arca Series this year for me yeah. because you've it's basically Venturini dominated. You've always had. For a long time, it was all Venturini with occasional appearances by teams like Cunningham or Ken Schrader or whatever. Yeah. But then it, last year, we had MDM versus Venturini, and Venturini's driver lineup wasn't as strong, and MDM just destroyed everybody in the series.
2: Yeah. And so well, this be- year it's gone before, back to – Well, even before that, there was a couple of years in there where Venturini was not – um, as strong as they had been in the past. I mean, stop and stop and consider that while we talk about them being race winners through the years, they've
1: not won a championship since Big Bill well, in 91. My point is, even last year, now they won last year with, I think, Michael Self and um, I think even maybe um, Chandler may, might have won one. Yeah, Did he Chand- won one? yeah. yeah
2: Chandler won a couple. Um, I believe Christian –
1: yeah and yeah so so those guys yeah. so, they did manage to win a few even last year, but they weren't nearly as strong as what right. they've been. MDM just basically killed everybody. Um, and now this year it's kind of back to Venturini being on top and nobody really having, I don't think the muscle, not to say that nobody else can win at all. But to say, although they haven't yet, but to say that right. with MDM's driver lineup, or I mean Venturini's driver lineup, and the fact that I don't think there's a lot of other teams that have the resources that yeah. Venturini has other than your Joe Gibbs entry, um, and then we know GMS Racing with Sam Mayer. When, when, well, and,
2: the, and GMS isn't even a full-time And entry. they aren't even
1: a full-time team, so... I mean, the the Chad Bryant car,
2: which is what used to be the Cunningham team, those two cars are going to be strong as the season goes on. Yeah, well, they're
1: strong on the super speedways, too. No, not
2: yeah, and and it's not just about being strong on the super speedways. Those cars are good on the short tracks, too. Um, Joe Graff has just had a lot of bad luck the first couple of races. Uh, Just a small point, by the way, this is the first time since 2015 in the Arca Series that one team has won the first three races of the season. okay. and what's interesting about that is when you go back to 2015 it wasn't even a multi-car team like Venturini that won the uh, first 3 races of the year. In fact, that year it was the uh, what was then the small GMS Racing operation yeah. with Grand Enfinger that was a one-car team that you know That was, that year was what sparked right. the rise of GMS as an eventual powerhouse, but that's the last time uh, that one team had had won the first three races of the year, and Grant actually did it two years in a row. He did it in 2014 with, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, with the Howard Bixman, the 90 team, yeah. and then did it the following year with GMS. So.
1: Unfortunately, in this day and age, in both Arc and k and N, you, you have – you always seem to have one or two just super teams that are basically almost cup Uh teams in those series um, competing against other teams that don't have. And so you get these very lopsided results and that doesn't detract from the drivers or anybody connected with those teams. But to say that, um, you know, there there's just one or two teams that are always miles better than the other. And I think, you know, you're seeing that in K and N this year, you're going to see, GMS Racing versus Bill McAnally, pretty much. And um, you've got Venturini here that basically right. is right now between the strength of the team and the drivers. They are the best overall team in the series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, are going to be the team to beat all year long. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: stop, stop and consider that real quick before we go to break. You know, we're talking about Venturini being a powerhouse again now, and there was a time, they went, you know, not that long ago, that they went winless in 2015, only won one race at the very beginning of 2016, and for the longest time we're like, uh, hello, guys, are you still alive over there? Well, And they won a couple of races late in 2016, yeah. then went on a slump again yeah. for most of 2017, and then, as you mentioned earlier, came back strong with, Uh, six wins in 2008, actually seven wins in 2018 between uh, four different drivers. So they're they're back on the upswing now, and I'm going to be particularly interested going forward to see how they react. And we have to go to break, and we haven't even talked about Xfinity or Cup, so we'll We'll save that for later.
1: Exactly, we'll get to that. But right around the turn, we have our first guest, Derek Griffith, going to join us right after this. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. Be right back
3: Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue.
9: Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing
8: has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on
4: to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for
8: the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
1: Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu.
4: Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the stock car show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web, and you should, by golly, at hmsmotorsport.com if you need driver safety gear. That is definitely the place to go. They got radios. They got all kinds of uh, stuff. So uh, look them up at HMSMotorsport.com. We are thankful to have them as part of our uh, family here at Race Chaser Media. And another part of our family, at least for tonight at uh, Race Chaser Media, is Derek Griffith. Derek going to join us for the very first time on the Stock Car Show. And um, we are excited to have Derek aboard. Derek's one of the young up-and-coming racers out of the new england area runs in what they call a pro stock up there down here we can't have the same name so we have to call it a super late model not really sure why i guess just to confuse people but anyway derek welcome to the program we're happy to have you
8: awesome thanks i uh you know pleasure to be here
1: well talk a little bit about uh, your background first of all for those who aren't familiar with you uh you told me the other day you didn't start racing until you were 12.
8: Yeah, yep. It's funny. A lot of these young kids nowadays and um, you know, they, they grew up running carts their whole life and um, you know, they uh they started at a real young age. But I started my father ran, uh, you know, kind of junkers at Hudson Speedway, like enduro cars and stuff and I think my first time on the racetrack I was eight months old and there's a picture of me in the in the grandstands uh, eight months old. <laughs> so wow. um I've been going there for you know, as long as I can remember watching him run, you know, they had, like, some figure eight races and uh, some Enduro races and stuff, and, um, you know, I became the, the age where they uh, allow the, what they call the Thunder Light Division, which is, you know, the kids' division, and their class rules were, you know, four-cylinder, it has got to, you know, be safe, you got to have a lot of safety equipment and yep. stuff, and um, me and my dad went out and bought a Volkswagen Golf um, for $700, and went out, and uh, we had a, just a blast that first season. Like I won my first ever race, my first ever heat race and first ever feature in the day, like my first ever time strapping into a race car. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we had, from there, my dad's like, I, I knew I was, you know, I was screwed. I was going to be doing this for, for a long time if, uh, if he did that good, you know, his first time out. So um, I never would have thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. That's
1: pretty amazing. Uh, and, of course, you know, for those who are listening to her, watching this show uh the racing in new england is just incredible i mean i grew up in you know central new york and back in the day of course it was all about supers and modifieds but you guys also had the pro stocks up there even back then and you know there's there's kind of it's funny different parts of new england you go over here and it's pro stock country you go over there it's modified country and of course back in the day there was a little piece of it that was super modified country as well and um but the pro stocks up there are one of the top divisions and the legends that have come out of that um you know for you to be now racing in that division what is it like for you just on a weekly basis or a regular basis racing up there, let alone coming down here and taking on the best in Southern super late model racing?
8: It's awesome. You know, like I said, I mean, I was just a little 12 year old kid, not that long ago. I mean, I say that not long ago, but 10 years ago. And I never would have thought we'd be to this point. And, um, I mean, racing with guys like Mike Rowe, who's inducted in the Maine racing hall of fame. And, um, you know these guys that we run with that's it's really impressive i mean johnny clark's won six past north championships yeah and, um i mean ben rowe has started every single pass race since oh wow the, since day one so i mean it, it's pretty impressive to be you know running and sometimes beating these guys that have done it since before i could even that's before amazing. i was even thought about really <laughs> so, i didn't realize that um yeah yeah pretty pretty impressive and uh you know, like you said, even up here, the the amount of um, racing divisions up here is pretty impressive. You have your, uh, your kind of like niche, um, you know, the super modified country, you know, like Star Classic yep. and Oswego and all that stuff. And then, um, I mean, then you go down south, you, there's all these modified open wheel cars that are uh, like the tour type mods. And, um, you know, up here, it seems like the super late model division has kind of been the top tier for like the Maine, uh New Hampshire and you know, Seaconk region and all that yeah. and um you know, it's awesome to go down south and run good with the, you know, the Southern Boys, the good old boys as they call. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, Derek, I want right. to back up for a minute before we talk about the uh the Easter Bunny 150 from over the weekend because last year you you mentioned um, earlier talking about coming up through the ranks, and it's really been a, a rapid ascension the last couple of years. You won the Granite State title in uh, in 2015, I think it was, and then last year took the huge step and beat out Ray Christian Ben Rowe for the past national championship for the first time. I mean, How big a moment was that for you to finally stand on that stage against, as you called them, some of the best of the best, and say, hey, we're here now at 22, mind you?
8: <laughs> um, it was awesome, you know, It, it uh, it's funny, we we were kind of a nobody until, like, the. We've, I've been with the same guys since, so uh, it's kind of, a, you said it's a rapid, it was a rapid thing, so I went from a Volkswagen to a four-cylinder Mustang to an Outlaw car, which is an eight-inch treaded tire car, almost like a sportsman, and then from there I went right to a pro stock, so, uh, you know, mind you, I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, and um, actually my first time driving when I was 14, and I've been with the same people that uh, I've been doing it since then, from, you know, to now. Um, and, and like I said, we were kind of a nobody till I got my first Granite State win in 2015, and we won uh, four races that year with um, them as a as a touring division. And um, from there, we kind of just had a killer year. We moved up to Pass and um, had some couple wins then, a couple wins in the 17 season, and um, you know, a few a few wins in the 18 season with Pass and you know, we kind of consider them a little bit of a tear up from Granite State and it just, uh, every year we just seem to get a little bit better and a little bit better. So um, hopefully, you know, same thing, you know, a a recurring factor this year, hopefully we just get a little bit better. I mean, I've already been, um, I've won at New Smyrna this year, which was like, I've been going down there for six years and it's been just the toughest track for me. So, um, I think we we started off the year on the right foot. Did
2: did you go into last year expecting the past championship, or was that one of those that as it started getting closer and it looked like this was going to be a possibility, it's one of those, holy crap, we might actually be able to do this sort of moments.
8: That's exactly what it was. I mean, we went out and we uh, we went to Dillon. And mind you, my first time at Dillon, I started on the outside pole and got put a lap down by like lap 100 and and, 100 and 50 lap race and we were just god awful and uh we came back the next year with um you know some some changes that we made to the car and, um i mean this is the first year i've had like a real brand new car that we're going to be running all over the place i mean that, it's funny i nicknamed the old the last year's car old faithful we uh, i mean <laughs> we've had the thing for i mean it's probably run well over 100 races and say it was a 2006 or 7 chassis that just went you know i just had good luck with it we uh, yeah. you know. we captured a lot of wins and top threes with it and um you know last year it kind of just fell into our lap we won um two of the four national races and finished second in the third one and then the fourth one was a 250 and we uh we ran into some bad luck at the 250 but um you know part of the deal there
1: I mean, it's really amazing to, to look at your name being, you know, up there. And when I think about the fact that I just saw an announcement, I think either yesterday or today, that um, Tom Rosati is coming out of retirement to run Granite State this year. Tom and his brother, John, were fixtures in the pro stocks for years, um, you know, back when I was much younger. So I, I it's it's amazing to see some of the veterans like Tom still going and you know here you are 22 and um, you know last year's past champion um, you know what lies ahead for you I mean obviously you're still in the the pro stock division do you have any designs for going further or are you content just to kind of stay closer to home and run in New England and and um, you know just rack up late model? pro stock wins because boy, we need young drivers like yourself to, to hang around a while. But on the other hand, obviously there's always that appeal to, to make the step up and try to chase the big bucks in the national series.
8: Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone always has their dream of, you know, being a Ryan priest and, you know, making it to that, that next step. And, uh, you know, the, the elite really of racing. Um, uh, we, we, are very happy with what we do. Um, I love racing, you know, as much as we race and all the really diverse tracks. I mean, going from a place, I mean, we ran Richmond Motor Speedway to Hickory Motor Speedway, like two very, very different places. And then sure. now this weekend, we're going to be running Oxford, which is like even <laughs> crazier than both those. Yeah. Places. So, um, you know, I'm very, very happy and we've, uh, we've had a lot of offers to drive, um, you know, up with you know of course with the uh the funding but that's just something that we unfortunately don't really have a lot of i have a lot of really really great sponsors that have been with me for a very long time that just enjoy seeing me race and um that's the whole reason why i can do what i do and uh, i got a hard-working dad and i work as much as i can i i'm, a, I'm at the race bounce shop right now we just picked up dinner actually <laughs> okay gonna, we got it all tore apart and stuff so i'm out with my truck making uh, doing this and but you know, I, I mean that that desire is always there. But like I said, and I don't have a really a whole lot of hopes to make it. Um, but like I said, we're super happy with what we do. If if I could just knock off a few big wins um, in a lot of these high tier races, and you know, I'd be able to be pretty happy with my name. You know, the books as some sort of winner of like a 250 style race or a Derby style race, anything like that.
1: Well, if I were in your position racing up there at those tracks in New England, I think I'd be happy too. We're going to ask you to hold on. If you will, we'll give you a couple minutes to grab a couple bites of dinner while we step aside and take a break. When we come back more with Derek Griffith, Trey Gerald coming up shortly as well. And more NASCAR talk on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. We'll be right back.
4: This is Jeff Gordon. You don't have to be a NASCAR driver to be someone's hero. You can be a hero when you volunteer to become a marrow or blood stem cell donor for someone that has a life-threatening blood disease. The National Marrow Donor Program needs donors like you so that more people can receive transplants. You could save a life and become a hero. Learn more at www.marrow.org or by calling 1-800-MARROW-2.
3: That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up
4: your career. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now,
7: back to the show.
4: Welcome back
1: to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. I am Tom Baker, Jacob Seumann is sitting next to me in the studio here in mooresville north carolina behind the glass in the tech shed so to speak are randy miller and chris murdoch and we are talking on the strut via the strutmasters.com hotline to Derek griffith from new hampshire who is uh one of the up-and-coming pro stock racers from new england who brings his pro stock down here, magically turns it into a super late model, and <laughs> runs it with the pass series uh, down here, because that's what we call them. Super late models in the South.
2: Yes. Um, I, I have a question. Go ahead, Derek. Um, yeah.
1: So in,
2: in thinking about this and looking at the way the season started for you, Derek, you're, I know it's only one point, but you're still leading the past North standings after the opening race of the season. So I, I'm going to pose a hypothetical here. Say we get down the road to the end of the season, which, you know, in in your eyes, which one carries more weight? The national title that you won last year or if you would be able to convert a Pass North championship this year knowing, as you referenced, some of the legends that have been running Pass North for years and years?
8: Um, I believe, my personal standpoint, that the North is a tougher deal um, right now, the the diversity in the tracks and the amount of actual people who run the full season um, is, a, is a little bit tougher than the national deal. Some races got called off last year, which almost kind of really fell in my favor, I mean, um, uh, because we did so well at the beginning. Um, but, you know, the whole North deal is just so tough. I mean, you got races from Spud Speedway and Caribou, Maine, which is seven hours north of me. And it's only one state, so it's like, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. So from there to to Seekonk, which is a place that we normally do very well at, but for mm-hmm. some reason last year we had awful luck at. Um, you know, it's just to you know. Then there's Oxford and Thunder Road, and um, uh, you know, there's all kinds of places that that just the North is such a diverse. I wish it got a little bit more spotlight because um, it seems like not a lot of people get to see. It what the, the past north, like how uh, gritty the racing is, you know. It, it's mm-hmm. I mean, you have, I think, only um, it was me, DJ, and one other, one other person only won three races last year with pass, like in the north. Um, you know, that, that's pretty impressive. It, I think there was, there's, over the last four years, I think there's only been a handful of people that have won three races in a season. So... That's pretty impressive for for someone. You know, I mean, for a season of you know racers that brings in sometimes thirty five to forty cars in just a yeah. you know regular Oxford show. Right. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah,
2: I mean, you've you've set yourself up nicely so far. You're leading the North after the opening race of the year, second right now in the national standings. A couple races in, I mean, this is. I, I know there's a long way to go, but it seems like in the last year or so, everything's clicked right for you, and as we were talking about in the last segment, you've really kind of said, you know, to all, to all the guys who have been doing this for a lot longer than you, hey, hey, I'm here now.
8: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's cool to gain some respect from some of these guys that I've been watching race for a long time, and, you know, when I started, had that, like, you know, star effect to me, and uh, it's cool to be, become friends with people like Mike and Ben Rowe, and, you know all all these guys who have won championship after championship and um all that so we uh we set ourselves up pretty good so far um what's gonna be a telltale is this weekend at Oxford it's uh, for some reason we can run good everywhere we go besides Oxford and Beechridge so Beechridge mm-hmm. got pulled off the pass schedule for the year um due to some complications with them, but Oxford has i think six races on for the year um, wow so i really I really gotta get my uh my game together up there at oxford it's just that place i just struggle there so much um and i'm really i'm hoping that this the fury car is going to be its first time there this weekend so i'm really hoping that uh it uh you know is the thing that we the key that we needed to get us going up there
2: you referenced it takes uh, a lot of good people and supporters, and you said you've had a lot of sponsors that have stuck with you over the course of your career. Uh, here's a shot to uh, shout out to everybody that makes it possible for Derek Griffith to get to the racetrack each time out.
8: Um, so actually, as we are sitting here, I'm at Louis Mitchell Edis' shop, uh, LCM Racing. Um, I mean, he's been working with us since day one. He, he uh, helped me rebuild my four-cylinder Mustang motor um, when I blew it up. And uh, after that, he's like, hey, let's build an outlaw. So we built an outlaw (laughs) together. And then he's like, hey, do you want to drive my pro stock? And we're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. So I drove for him for a long time, and I'm still driving. You know, it's a team effort. Um, Him and his sister is my spotter and has been my only spotter through the years, too. I've never run a Mirror in my life, and I've only had her as a spotter. So um, pretty cool to to have that sort of uh, relationship with a crew, you know, their family. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat little fact. Um, but then I got, uh, my friend, Jeremy, he, uh, he ups out as much as he can. He just, you know, became a plumber. So we don't see him as much as he used to, but he's been helping me out, you know, good friend for a long time. Um, and then I got my sponsors like, uh, motors, my father's car dealership, um, Epi Preventure insurance. This is a family that are like the most diehard race fans that I've probably ever seen. They go to, they'll go to every race they possibly can. Um, you know, it's a, it's a father. A wife and uh, two kids, a, a daughter and a son. They come down to the race car shop, and the kids, you know, bolting on wheels and stuff. It's it's cool to have that sort of relationship with a sponsor. Um, and then we have uh, Deputat Excavations, um, Chuck Taylor Racing, um, my own business, Northeast Auto Imports. Um, I mean, the amount of help that I've received over the years has just been incredible. Uh, Jericho um there's been a lot of actual uh companies that have worked with us too and um also this year i'm part of the kill driver development program um again for the second time so that's huge that you know that really really makes a big difference absolutely
1: well that's awesome okay so uh where can our fans who watch and listen to this show where can they find you on social media and such they want to keep up with your
8: career uh, Facebook is the best way. Um, if you head to Derek Griffith Motorsports on Facebook, um, we're constantly updating with uh, videos, pictures, schedule updates, um, sponsor thank yous, and all kinds of stuff. We also have like giveaways that we do and with like t-shirts and apparel and um, all that stuff. And then I also have www.derekgriffith.com, which is another way to look up some previous stats and finishes and stuff like that. Um, and I'm also on Twitter, you know, at Derek Griffith, uh, 12. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and then, uh, my personal Facebook is always open to, I mean, I'm always, you know, willing to talk to anyone. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it.
1: Well, we've enjoyed talking with you and, uh, we got John Greaves in our chat. Uh, Derek is one hell of a shoe. I would agree with that. And, uh, Tyler Kernan from up in New England representing tonight as well. Uh, happy to to have you, uh, on the show, Derek, and look forward to catching up with you again. Uh, go win a, go win a race and we'll bring you back.
8: Awesome. I appreciate it guys. My pleasure to be on the show and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be getting this call again soon. <laughs> Sounds
1: good. That's Derek Griffith and, uh, off he goes as we continue with our talk about uh, the race at Hickory, we've got uh, just a couple minutes left in this segment. Um, that race definitely won for the ages, and Derek was having a decent run, just starting to mm-hmm. wind it up. He was kind of cruise control for a little while, just saving the equipment, and then started to, to gear it up and make his run to the front and got wrecked. Yeah. It was kind of a shame to see that. Um, you know, there Not were. cool no not cool uh but uh certainly did put on a good show and um derek's a a really really humble young man and you don't see uh a lot of that well uh, you don't see as much of that right in the sport as i i think he used to um and you know here's a driver who's content just to be racing in new england and having a good time doing it and you know, we need the, the local younger drivers to stay around to become yes. veterans at those tracks. Right. Um, and boy, if I had the chance to race at some of those legendary tracks, you'd have to pry me away from a, with a crowbar. Uh, yeah. You know, it it no better kidding. be a really good NASCAR offer to get me to Absolutely. to uh, stop doing that. Uh, with that, uh, we're going to uh, step aside here. We've got Trey Gerald actually coming up in the next segment. And Trey was another driver who had an outstanding run for a very small team uh, in that race the other day at Hickory. We're going to talk to him about that and what he's got going on for the season with Reedy Racing. uh, As we come back around the turn, you are listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Stick around
3: including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park.
0: For the people in our military, it's a time of sacrifice and duty. That's why all four military aid societies have joined together to form the Armed Forces Relief Trust to help military families cope with financial and medical emergencies at home. With so many serving overseas, the need is greater than ever. You can learn more and donate at www.afrtrust.org. A message from the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
9: Attention men under the age of 35... You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over Slow. Clearly and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic
4: Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
5: COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD.
8: Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. You're laughing.
1: Well, Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsports. And, yes, Brandon McReynolds
2: bringing us back from break. Hey, 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 I have news real quick. You do? Yes, about Brandon, actually. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, So, through the grapevine, I have heard that uh, he is beyond running the Arca Race Friday at Talladega with uh, KBR Development. Right. Visconti Motorsports has made the decision to bring the car to south boston for the twin races since brandon is third in points and really close we were waiting to see if that was actually going to happen and it appears as
1: though it is going to happen that's good news it's good to see brandon get that shot we uh we got to see and hear a lot of brandon uh chris and i did over the weekend brandon was spotting for uh one of the pass racers and well, that's fun. Yeah. And was regaling us in the media tower, which became kind of the spotters tower during the rain delays, mm-hmm. um, was regaling us with story after story after story. And no, we can't tell any of them on the air. Um, but, but they were funny. And, uh, Brandon is, Brandon's an entertaining kid. We got another entertaining kid on the, uh, show with us right now via the strutmasters.com hotline. That would be trade Gerald and trey made his return to the uh superweight model wars behind the wheel of the reedy racing number 21 over the weekend in hickory and all he did was drive the thing from 30th to 8th in the easter bunny 150 Trey, welcome back to the show it has been a long time since we've had you on our air too long and yes too long i agree happy to have you back um and what a drive for you on Saturday it was exactly the kind of a drive that I have come to expect from Trey Gerald. Uh, keep the nose clean or do your best to anyway, and just, you know, get the best finish you can and try to put yourself in position at the end. You did that solid run, dude.
10: Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really a great night for us. Uh, and to be honest, I really didn't know what we had um, for qualifying there. I, I, I was hopeful that we would, would qualify inside the top 15 or so and have a good starting spot, but um, we couldn't seem to get a lot of heat in the tires with their, might be the shock package, we're not really sure yet, the second time running that car, but uh, knew that we had a great car for the race, and that, yeah, if we just kept our nose clean, we'd be there at the end, and that's, that's the way it happened for us.
2: 30th to 8th, dude, is, is impressive by itself, but at Hickory in a stacked field like the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm kind of sitting here shaking my head going, okay, I mean, I know he does things like this, but where did that come from?
10: Well, first of all, I, I'm just going to be honest. I think that might have been the most competitive group of cars that I've ever raced against. Just looking at the intro. I, I never looked at it going into the race. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't really want to look at it. I knew there were going to be good cars there, and, and I was <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty comfortable just not knowing who i'm racing against here but um i think part of it was was with the rain coming a lot of people were pushing hard the first half of the race and and that just wasn't our game plan we just laid back honestly and and kind of watched the wrecks happen for the first half of the race and uh just saved our tires and so when it did get around to about lap 100 we were sitting just outside the top 10 i think and, and still had plenty of tire left and Um, we got some of those long runs there. We were just able to pick them off one by one and, um, got in behind Justin Kreider and and he was doing a really great job of opening up holes for me. And, um, we were pretty, yeah, he was actually,
1: yeah, yeah. He, uh, you were, we were talking earlier about how Talladega, maybe a two car tandem, uh, again, this Sunday in the cup race, uh, because of the new tapered spacer package uh and you know now that you mention that uh it kind of occurs to me that maybe you and justin should go enter the thing because as good as you work together you probably have a shot to win it
10: <laughs> yeah well i never raced against him but he seemed like a great driver to me so i'd be happy to
1: <laughs> he knows the track really well at uh at hickory and and definitely as a shoe um but as you were coming up through there trey it was almost like uh, again like you said you really needed the long runs and and it almost got to the point where it looked to me like the more the race went on the more comfortable you got in the car and the harder you started racing and boy at the at the end of the race i really felt like if you'd had one more long run in you you might have been able to get at least into the back half of the top five
10: yeah i really think so honestly i, I think that's one of the only times i ever wanted to have a 200 lap race instead of 150 last <laughs> one yeah uh-huh. <laughs> because uh we we really weren't winded at all i mean the car just just kept going and, and that was really our experience we went and tested the week before too we we tested with like 150 lap tires and it just it seemed like when we when we were on new tires or on fresh tires we really didn't go that much faster and uh i I don't know what it is yet we've we've still got a little bit of homework to do to figure out how to get that short run speed out but um yeah a 30 lap run once we got plenty of heat in the tires the balance of the car would just get better and better and better and we were just a little too tight on the short runs and we got stuck on the bottom there and a couple of those restarts and that just wasn't the lane to be in on the restarts all night for anyone. I don't think, no. but uh, still, still a great run though. There at the end, you said all day
2: going into the race Trey, that this car probably wasn't going to qualify worth very much, but it was going to race really well. What did, what did you know even before the day really got started that it was going to work out like it did?
10: Um, <laughs> as young as I am, I, I think I can say I've got some experience now. I've, I've been in a late model in some form since i was 15 and i'm 22 and, and kind of know the balance that i want in the car and we've had some great runs there in the past with our other car um 12 car that we've had and so i, I was just looking for the right feel and and once we found it with the balance i was like well i don't i know the timesheet doesn't necessarily say that we're good but if this thing comes down to a long run i i really feel like we're going to have a better handling car than a lot of these guys and um it, it worked out that way
1: it's sort of weird because hickory is a track where i want a crate i don't want a crate i want a crate i don't want a crate talk a little bit about the crate motor versus the built motor there because it's it's sort of it's some days you you really wish you had a crate and some days not so much it seems like
10: yeah well i'm always so impressed with the guys from up north that come down with crate motors and 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 really are are tough to beat on the long runs their cars are always so stable um so we ran there with a crate motor before. I have to say it wasn't much fun. Uh, it can really help with saving your tires, but we, we came back with our Ford spec motor this time, the McGonagill motor, and um, actually opened it up a little bit, and, and it just gave me the ability to to save the tires coming off the corner, and, and if I needed to, I could, could drag race down the stretch. But um, I'd rather have that motor if you have a good handling car uh, and if you have a, a steady right foot, but... The crate motors on the right night can be really tough to beat.
2: Trey, for you, uh, I, I would argue perhaps that this was, was one of your more impressive, if not maybe your most impressive performance to date at Hickory. Do you feel like the past experience that you've had has helped you now in a situation like you had on Saturday having to come through traffic and, and knowing you know how to pace yourself?
10: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of it for me, uh, has just been learning not to outpace the equipment. Um, there, there's really no need to, to charge a corner and slide a tire or, or to, uh, throttle up down the straightaways at the beginning of the race. And, and even if you're racing somebody, just, just to, to ride and, and kind of wait for the race to play its way out. And, uh, another big help was I had James Edwards spotting for me. yes um, I've raced legends car some with James and he just did a phenomenal job of, of really keeping me in the know what was going on around me, uh, what pace I needed to run, giving me lap times of the guys behind me, what I was running, pace of the leaders. So, um, at, at times I felt more like James was driving the car than I was. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I could have put together nearly as, as solid of a race if it hadn't been for him. Um, and that was something that, um, I've had good spotters in the past, but maybe not that much information.
8: Mm-hmm.
10: So, um, no, was just, something that i needed
1: well he knows what he's doing and is he gets way less respect i think and recognition than he deserves and that brings me to just the team that you have because you're not the most well-funded team but boy you got some knowledge you had some knowledge in your pit area the other night
10: yeah we have uh creek kwood uh, that helped us out um Cleet's an engineer. He's also our sponsor. He's got uh, K-Tech Abrasive Blast Cleaning out of South Carolina. Uh, we got Mark Reedy. Mark's a veteran racer. Um, he's my crew chief. Owns the car. He's been racing Super late models for 20 years and have all of his experience to lean on, just a lot of um, wisdom there, too, and, and knowing how to race, and, um, as well as just other guys that are um, willing to come and help out and, and really um, we don't have the budget, like you said, of, of these other big teams, but we do have to be smart about what we do. And, yep. and so we think strategically about our races, maybe more so than other teams. And, and that kind of showed in the way that we, that we ran that race, um, just making sure that we picked the right lines, that we saved tires, that um, we made adjustments that were going to be in favor of the long runs. And that's, that's how we have to go every time we come to the racetrack. And, and we're strategic about you know, what parts we buy for the car, too. And, um, so all of it has to come down to, to really working within our budget. Um, but I think, I think that makes it more fun almost sometimes because we are the underdogs. And, and uh, everybody likes an underdog. I was, and it's, it's funny
2: because you went exactly where I was hoping you would go, and wanted to talk a little bit about the the Reedy Racing story because because you guys aren't the KBM or the Ben Roe or you know any of the bigger, more well known named teams in past racing or even in super late model racing down here, but you and Mark got together, clicked, and. Y'all don't race all the time, but as you referenced, you're strategic about it. And when you guys come to the racetrack, you come to perform.
10: Yeah, we've never uh, wanted to show up and not have a chance at contending. Uh, that's that's no fun. No. <laughs> Someone was asking me at the racetrack uh, Saturday night if I had fun. I'm like, well, we ran well, so yeah, I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> and that's just how it is. You know, we, we come to compete and we know that we have a 10th of the budget of a lot of teams there. But, um, when you're, when you're smart about how you do that, um, you, you can have good results and, and really, um, yeah, our car is a little older than everybody else's or maybe not everybody, but most everybody, but, um, it's been updated to modern specs and, and, uh, you know, some things might be a little different than here that. And we don't, <laughs> we're not Bubba Pollard, but, mm-hmm. Um, You can compete with older equipment if you're smart about how you do it. So I I think that 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 gives hope to the lower-budget racers out there.
2: What year is that chassis, Trey?
10: 2010. So you all know who uh, Chris Gabehart is? Oh, Oh, yes.
7: (laughs) Danny Avelin knows (laughs) him, too.
10: Yeah, so the car that we've got apparently set the track record at Winchester way back in there somewhere, 2009, 2010. And uh, we changed the shocks and updated a few other things. But the chassis is still original as it was, never been wrecked.
1: That's awesome. That's impressive. Chris knows his stuff, that's for sure. Trey, hang on just for a bit. We have to step aside. When we come back, we'll pick up with Trey Gerald and go forward with the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Stick around.
0: So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.
4: Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk.
10: A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
1: <laughs> hashtag dippling is what that uh signifies welcome back to the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsports safety and we are joined on the strutmasters.com hotline still by trey gerald who uh finished eighth in the my career dot edu easter bunny 150 at hickory motor speedway over the weekend trey we uh Wanted to just keep you over because we wanted to find out where next can we expect to see you and Reedy Racing competing in this racing season. I know you're on a limited schedule and you're still um, finishing up a class or two at Liberty and going to be graduating soon and working in the uh, campus uh, outreach youth ministry there. Um, And so talk a little bit about uh, what that means for you for the rest of the season.
10: Yeah, well, uh, it kind of comes down to where the budget plays out for us. But right now, we're looking at going to Motor Mile with the cars tour. Uh, so that would be my first cars tour start. I'm excited about that. Awesome. I think that's May 18th. Um, got a lot of laps there from my late model stock days with Sellers Racing, and um, always really loved the track. I think it's going to suit our car well. It's more of a speedway car. Um, actually, not particularly suited for Hickory um so more of more of a point a to point b racetrack too i think that's gonna play well with our motor combination and and our shock package
1: well that's interesting so motor mile and then maybe south boston
10: yeah i'm not actually sure when the south boston race is is it it in november or you guys know yeah i think it is november November,
1: uh one of the first couple weeks of november i believe um so that should be a lot of fun uh so just a couple of more big shows unless uh Maybe some sponsorship comes your way to run more then.
10: Exactly, yeah. And we, and we might try to squeeze in another hickory race as well. But uh, that's pretty much what the schedule is looking like for now. So it won't be much, but we'll make sure that we uh, show up with uh, guns loaded for bear when we get to the track. Well, that's
1: the main thing. Okay, so talk about who helps you make all this happen because you do have some sponsors and also some uh, great people behind you.
10: Well, first and foremost, I have to thank my dad. <laughs> couldn't do it without him. And uh just been a, such a joy to race with him for these past, uh, I don't know, probably 12 years now. Um, but uh, also really racing, uh, Mark, for all the hard work he's put into it, and uh, K-Tech Abrasive Blast Cleaning. They uh, helped us get to the racetrack at Hickory. We couldn't have, have performed without them, um, covered our tire budget. So that was that was amazing, and we hope to keep them on for the rest of the year. You actually got to really race
1: with your dad or race against your dad uh, at Hickory uh, a little while ago in a Legends race. That must have been fun.
10: That was pretty neat. I think he's been wanting to do it for a long time. Um, <laughs> hoping to coax him back out there again soon here. <laughs> I uh, don't think- James <laughs> Edwards has been working on him for a while. So he's got this crazy uh, cross-country motorcycle trip planned. And if he survives that, we'll get him back in the Legends <laughs> yeah. car again.
1: I don't think you'll have to coax him because he was talking to me about it the other day. He's all excited to jump back in and, uh, yeah, if we can uh, just keep him upright on the bike over the next, uh, couple of months or so, whenever that trip comes up, uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be happy to get back in the car again. So that's pretty cool that you guys got to do that. I'm sure that was a really special father son moment for you.
10: It, It certainly was. And, and, uh, gotta say I, I think i've lapped my father now for the first time as well so that was that was a fun <laughs> moment for me <laughs> wow
1: okay well and uh <laughs> i i know that uh, you're looking forward to the racing that you're going to do the rest of the year but you've also got some really cool stuff um meaningful stuff going on in your life outside of the track can you give us just a little bit of a glimpse on what you're
10: doing at liberty yeah I worked for a college ministry called Campus Outreach you mentioned um, and really our our job uh, what we endeavor to do is to take the gospel to the college campus um, and it's something that transforms lives, uh, brings people literally from death to life in Christ and um, something I'm extremely passionate about. I became a Christian while I was in college um, and it, it's it's been such a privilege to uh, first be involved in this ministry as a student and then to be asked to come on the staff and, and to do that and um, we operate on, on five different campuses here in the uh, Lynchburg region. So that's Virginia Tech, um, Radford, Lynchburg College, and Liberty. And, and I'm, I'm currently full-time at Liberty.
1: Wow, well that's uh, certainly amazing work that you're doing and we're really uh, proud of you and really look forward to seeing what you can do on the racetrack going forward, Trey, so uh, look forward to catching up with you again as it uh, gets closer to your car tour debut perhaps and we'll talk a little bit about Motor Mile. Um, With that, uh, we thank Trey Gerald for being on with us tonight. And uh, we'll let him get back to doing his homework because that's what we interrupted when we brought him on the radio show. (laughs) And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk with him again uh, down the road before Motor Mile. Yeah. So uh, as we kind of reset a little bit here uh, and go forward. (laughs) What's that? I said pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Yeah, we'll get back. We haven't uh, had a chance to get into either... Uh, Xfinity or uh, we did talk a little bit about ARCA for Talladega but uh, not in any depth Um, let's hit the Xfinity series because Xfinity at Talladega is always kind of a again like the cup race it's you know throw all the car numbers up in the air and whichever one comes back down first you can pick them to win and you probably will have a good chance Um, but it's it always gives I feel like some different drivers a chance to come to the front. And if I remember correctly, what I read over the weekend, we're going to see an interesting reunion because I think that landing castle is back Back behind the wheel of the JD motorsports. Number four, uh, because Ross Chastain is, um, over driving the number 10. Yes. Right. For For colleague racing. So, uh, And the reason I bring Landon up is because Landon is actually a really strong super speedway racer. And it's one of those things where if they can give him enough race car and get him in the right position, um, you know, Landon can have a nice finish for that JD Motorsports team. And we know that Ross has been competitive for at least the back end of the top five to top 10 all year long with a four car. I was going to say, no matter what car he's yeah, been in, well, he's been competitive. Yeah,
2: that's true. Um, and this is, To me, this race is very important for Ross Chastain in the Colic car because, as it sits right now, he is the first man outside of the playoff picture in 13th, primarily due to the incredible start to the season that Ryan Sieg has had. Yeah, there's another one. I don't think anybody expected Ryan to be ninth in points with the kind of start to the year that he's had. I think he's fourth in average finish in the NASCAR Xfinity Series between all the full-time drivers right now. It's just been amazing to watch what Ryan's done. But I I feel like this is a critical race for Ross. It's his second of three starts in the Colling 10 car this year, and he needs stage points like he got at Daytona. He needs to have a shot at winning the race. He needs to make up ground on the guys ahead of him in the championship right now. This race, this car, this opportunity at Talladega is his shot to do that.
1: Who do we have moonlighting from the Cup Series this weekend, do we know? Uh, considering it's a dash for cash race. Okay, nobody. so I didn't realize that. Okay, so yeah, this remember, is a dash. Yeah,
2: this okay. is the third of four dash okay. for cash That's races. That's right, so we've Tal- only had two. Correct, yeah. Talladega yeah.
1: and Good, Go and so Dover this is going to come down to the regulars, which I like. Non-cup driver. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah,
2: um, Jeffrey Earnhardt will be back in the 18 car this well, weekend. Well, and see, Palo there's Omega.
1: there's a driver right there that everybody better pay attention to this weekend because I think Jeffrey could win this race. And, boy, you want to talk about a crowd exploding. You know, I think part of Jeffrey's fan base comes from the fact his last name's Earnhardt, but I just think part of, I think there's another part of Jeffrey's fan base that has less to do with his last name than it does with the fact that he's just one of these unique characters, and he's, he's kind of a throwback yeah, in a way, I think. Yeah, in, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, so I really think that uh, Jeffrey could certainly win this race. Um, I'm
2: actually a little disappointed the entry list. The official entry lists are not posted yet.
1: We've had a couple of races this year where that's been the case. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, John Greaves in our chat, um, hoping that um, uh, Ryan Priest will get Rookie of the Year in the Cup Series and he's gonna need um, some help yeah i think they've, ryan's not had the best start to yeah the year. no i mean I it, it was to. great
2: at daytona and then i think when atlanta when they had that issue go wrong at atlanta yeah. after he was having yeah. such a strong run i feel like that kind of derailed the momentum train very quickly and they just have not quite been able to uh, to get back to where they were in the in those first couple
1: races. With that being said, I do think that if if it is true that this turns out to be a tandem race and he and Chris Busher can find uh, each other, yes. um, you know, who knows? Yes. I mean, this is again, Talladega is is a race in any series that's pretty much, you know, uh, anybody could possibly win and you've got some guys in each division that you need to factor in because it's Talladega, that ordinarily you probably wouldn't put as as much stock in, so to speak. Um, You know, I don't think this is a race, at least not for me, where, you know, like most of the races this year, I'm saying, well, until somebody can beat Kyle Busch, um, Talladega, for me, doesn't feel like that at all. It's Talladega, and if it becomes a two-car tandem um, my goodness, I mean, that could throw everything into a, um, a, a bit of a blender. shocking state of flux, yeah. as I like to call it. Yeah, I mean, it could get real interesting real fast if that's what it turns into. But uh, we'll have to see what happens here. We've got one segment left. We're going to go around the table. We're going to make some picks and have some fun in the lightning round. Don't go anywhere. More of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport right after this.
9: This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
10: Don't assume you know it all
5: when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for
10: sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
4: I'm Kaz Grawlin. You're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome
1: back to the Stock Car Show. Final segment for the evening. It is our lightning round. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, and Chris Murdoch all hanging in uh, for the next 15 minutes or so from the Race Chaser Studios in uh mooresville north carolina and jacob you just brought up a point before we get into our debate here uh-huh. um a little bit of a nugget of news regarding gateway motorsports park that's uh come yes out. it's no longer gateway motorsports park and well, goes, it is. is it what? just called something different
2: <laughs> yes well y- exactly it's no longer called gateway motorsports correct park. it is now and don't ask me to say this five times fast because i'll never be able to do it <laughs> Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. Like I said, try to say it five times fast. I promise you, you can't.
1: WWT Reg. Oh. If it's, it's an acronym. It t- worldwide <laughs> it Technologies Raceway at Gateway. <laughs> it took w- me a w- minute t- to rag. figure out where that's you were going yeah, with that. Yeah, that's what it's going to be now. Uh. So, um, But you know what? We appreciate Worldwide Technologies doing that because you always want uh to to have more sponsors the game and they obviously were willing to step up and and uh take naming rights and i'm going to tell you when we go to come to 2021 if i had my way there would be a triple header at gateway at gateway absolutely in 2021 if i have my way triple header at gateway in 2021
2: hang on a minute I have to, I have to laugh because I just turned my head and looked in the chat. Hey, Roger Gerald, yeah. <laughs> <day. laughs>
1: you're late.
4: <laughs> well, Roger's been known to be
1: late to his own party a couple of times.
4: I will so, say, speaking on the sponsorship front, yeah. I may be a little biased here, but technology sponsors are always the best sponsors to have. Could could you? You imagine the overhaul on that racetrack. I mean, look what they're IS, already working on. Look, it. Uh, yeah. look what ISM has done for ISC tracks. They have completely yeah. oh, overhauled yeah. that technology yep. and how they use it. So technology sponsors are always good for racing.
1: Well, agreed. And I think this one's going to be great for Gateway. Uh, and so, Roger, Gerald, uh, we are happy to have you in the chat. We just had a great interview with your son, and you can go back and watch it later. Yeah. Um, with that, we continue. <laughs> I'm sorry, please I Please hang to. around for the lightning round. No, I saw that, too. That was funny. As we go into our lightning round here. Okay, so uh, we're going to bring Randy Miller in because Randy's been very quiet this evening. And uh, we want to hear Randy talk a little bit. So, Wait, we do? Yeah, we do. Um, we're going to start with, uh, obviously, some picks. And we're going to talk about... Um, we're yeah, Roger Gerald in our chat. What the hell is taking advantage of sunshine and playing golf? Well, that's what you get. See, your priorities are mixed up. You, you listen to the show <laughs> and watch the show because your kid's on it. Then you go play golf. That's what you do. You know, you need to do that midnight golf oh, thing. Okay. Wow. Randy, cup race at Talladega this weekend. I'm not going to pick team. That's not, that's, we're not going to do the team thing. Who is going to be the first car across the finish line under the checkered flag?
6: Okay, so we're assuming that we're we're not going to go with the tandem draft. No, we're not okay.
1: doing uh, two winners. Here. Okay, so if, there, if, we're winner. not,
6: if the tandem draft does not exist, I'm taking Matt DiBenedetto because I feel like he did a great job at oh. Daytona. Yes, wow, and please. I would love to see him win Talladega. So I think right. we can all agree that so would be fun. DiBurito.
2: Matt. Also had the uh, social media nugget winner of the week. uh Oh, I missed it. And it's he do? A, oh gosh, actually, I guess it was the weekend. He, his comment: If you never want to have personal space ever again,
1: get a dog.
2: Okay. No, seriously, he showed the picture of the dog. It was almost sitting on his chest.
1: Oh, I get you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the dog was the issue. The dog. I
2: got you. Okay. Well, I, I think he was loving the dog. He just you know made the point. Get a dog. You'll never have <laughs> personal space yeah, yeah, again.
6: I feel like he loves Brian more than he loves Taylor. So wow. Because <laughs> you see more pictures of him and wow. the dog than you do of him and Taylor. I'm just saying. Well, there, there, that's a good friend of Dog mine, is so a man's best he friend. He knows. I'm right? kidding. There, there, there was all.
2: There was also the tweet from last week where he okay, had, AJ? Where, <laughs> yeah, where he had date night with AJ Almendinger, <laughs> and oh, by the way, the girls tagged along too. Oh boy,
6: <laughs> I you mean, don't want, follow him on Twitter. You're missing yeah, a lot. Yeah, man. yeah, you're he he missing a lot. Seriously, re, yeah, that's that's exactly right.
1: Um, okay, and of course our chat, uh, Judd Greaves. 47, Ryan, Ryan Priest. Well, yeah. you know what? Um, I, that would be a very popular win as well. I think yes, either Matt would. Or Ryan would uh, uh, probably yeah. knock the house down if they won.
2: Yeah, no, and he had a great finish in the Daytona 500, too, so we know the boy can draft. Hey, it did. So, let's see, he said, D-Burrito, were we picking all three races or just the cup Just race? the cup for the moment.
1: Um, okay. I'm going to let oh, Murdoch jump in because he He's, wants to pick yeah. Joey Logano. <laughs> and
4: if you,
2: if you are watching video, yes, Randy and I are part of the matching T-shirt club yeah. today. <laughs> um, I, you're going to want this ally in your corner during
4: Talladega if you get where I'm going. No, Jimmy you're not.
2: <laughs>
1: it's well, not going to happen. I mean, you know, <sighs> he did just knock the lights out at the uh, – Boston, Boston Marathon, Marathon. three so, hours,
2: seven minutes, nine seconds. Hey, it, nine you know minutes, what? Seconds, I'm not going to say Jimmy Johnson's
1: not going to happen at Talladega because, again, I think you know 30 of the 40 cars. I will not cards, believe cause... it
2: until he actually sits in victory lane. Well, it. Uh, I know he it's won. It's going to happen cl- eventually. I know he won the Clash, but he had to wreck the whole field to do well, it. Well, that's sorry, not sorry, that's it's not wrong. But, um, okay, so who are you picking then? Who is I picking? Yes, that's I, what I said. Who are you picking? I is picking the horse that has done everything at Super Speedways lately. And just because there aren't plates now and it's to a tapered spacer, he's still going to be the king of Talladega. Brad Keslowski wins on Sunday. Okay, that's...
1: That's not I really don't
2: care what package you throw at the deuce, the deuce is still the king of the draft.
1: Brad Souza in our chat, Almerola, is due for a checkered flag. He did win the last time they were at Dega. I agree 100%. However, you're not going to pick him. I'm not going to pick him. I'm actually going to pick his teammate. Which one? I am going to pick the teammate who is in his first year driving for the <gasps> team that has Daniel the best scheme ever. Suarez orange is going vanilla to win his Coke. first race. Yeah, orange. Oh, does he really? I didn't know that. Yes. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Okay. For you. So, so Suarez, I I'm picking Suarez to win. I just look. It's it. You can, like I said, just pick him out of a hat, and see, you know see, see, it would be a great. So, oh, that's a sharp looking Right. Guy. 41 is a sharp car. I love it. Car. Hey, the
2: four with the Bush plaid scheme
1: is, yeah, too. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I love those Bush commercials anyways. They crack <laughs> me up. Um, yeah, I think uh, Stuart Haas is going to be very, very tough. I think this is one of those situations, though, where I could see a Jimmy Johnson or a William Byron or a- any of the Hendrick uh, cars snapping out of it. Again, if it's going to be a tandem, if, as you say, it's going to be a tandem, um, you know, it basically makes it whoever tandem's the best. I will. Hey, listen. I know we're. I know
2: we were just picking race winners a minute ago. But I would bet every <laughs> dollar I got on this. By the way, on this factory.
6: That's like two dollars, just for the record.
2: <laughs> no, I actually have. I, I actually have ten this week. Yeah, he's wow. ca- he's up to ten. I'm up wow. to ten. Yeah, wow. I, I, I would. He bet, sold pencils over the weekend. Yeah, nice. something like that. Yeah. I, but it, it's all seriousness. I would bet every dollar I got. That a Hendrick car will sit on the pole for Sunday's cup race. See,
1: I'm less bullish Single on that than maybe car
2: qualifying, aerodynamics. And well, Hendrick yeah, cars but, have won the pole at Daytona and Talladega
1: lots of times but lately. But again, you keep throwing. But, but it's a new package. We don't know doesn't who's ma- going
2: to. The motor package doesn't matter. Daytona and Talladega Sss. qualifying is all about aerodynamics, which Hendrick Motorsports has mastered better than anybody
1: else lately. Well, I'm not gonna dispute that, but I just I think the Fords are gonna be faster than you think. I think that the uh the Toyotas would be the ones that I would be the least bullish on, but once we get into the race, to me it's open season. I don't think it you know, you're still gonna be um you're still gonna race in a pack. Rather they're doing tandem or they're doing uh, the typical plate kind of racing. Right. I don't think you're going to see a bunch of guys spread out. At least Heck I no. hope not. No, I think you're going to see you know groups of cars running right. together. I'm so just, I don't care I'm, what brand I'm, you are at that point.
2: No, I'm just talking about single car one lap qualifying. Hendrick Motorsports at plate tracks, other than well plate tracks, super speedways, other than last fall at Talladega. Hendrick Motorsports has been the king of Super Speedway single car qualifying for years now, and I do not expect that to change at all.
1: Well, if you're talking about Super Speedway qualifying, keep your eye on the Richard Childress cars because Austin Dillon has also been good at uh, Super Speedway qualifying in recent years. He hasn't won a
2: poll since the Daytona, uh, on a on a super speedway since i i can't call the Blake tracks anymore and it's psyching me out man um <laughs> anyway austin <laughs> dillon hasn't won a pole on a super speedway since the daytona 500 in
6: 2013 like reprogram you over yeah the weekend. no kidding he's still thinking about uh, vanilla orange vanilla coke yeah he's,
1: he's still <laughs> still <laughs> looking at the 41 car that's the problem uh, okay I, i'm drinking mountain dew xfinity so race good Hendrick choice sponsor. by the way xfinity race randy who wins
6: I'm going to pick Jeffrey Earnhardt because I think actually Good that pick. would be a really I cool like story. I like that. Good pick. So I, I think if you want, to would be a really awesome story. So, yeah, my pick is Jeffrey Earnhardt.
1: Good pick. Okay, Jacob, we'll let you go next
6: to I'll time.
2: tell you what the, the – It's not going to be quite as uh, heartfelt a story, but it'll be a story because for the third week in a row, a driver is going to win not only the race, but $100,000. And you know who's going to do it? The same guy whose car is carrying the sponsor of the race, Austin Cindric, wins in the double
9: deuce.
1: okay. Austin's a good choice as well. I he's got he Money Lion, it's the time, Money but.
2: Lion three hundred. Penske cars are always good in the draft at Talladega, and he's eligible for a hundred grand.
1: Okay, Chris Murdoch, step up to the plate. Give us a winner. Ryan Sieg.
10: <gasps> I yes, love it. please. See, that,
1: there's yes, your, please. There's your sexy pick right there. Uh that's if Ryan Sieg could pull off a win at Talladega once again, it would bring the house down. That it would be would. That would be a great, great win. I like
6: how Chris drops the mic and then runs away. Back to the video. He literally comes over here and says what he needs to say and then drops the mic and runs away. John Greaves
1: in our chat, Christopher Bell going out on the two inch limb there. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to, uh, you know, the junior motorsports cars, for the most part, have been pretty quiet um, for the, the most of the season, other than, of course, Daytona. So I'm going to pick a junior motorsports car to win, and I'm going to pick the seven car, Will Gator, hey. to go to victory lane. But we'll I'm going to it. tell you, watch out for Cole Custer because I got a feeling about him too.
2: Well, if you're, hey, if you're going to lean on Stuart Haas cars, the, the, the other guy who needs a win Chase in that Brisco. camp is, is kind of sort of good too. I mean, yeah, he's, he is. Yep. He's been to, as old
1: Kenny Schrader used to say, he's been top ten on them to death lately. Well, you know he hasn't. See these tracks, I mean, it's it these these super speedways. You'd, that's again, it's a situation where it's as much about position and opportunity at the end as it, it is, is being the fastest car. Um, and I, but something is just telling me that Cole Custer. I, I think Cole is a different driver this year than than he's been in the past, and I really like him. But I'm picking Allgaier to win because I just think I do think experience counts for something. On these tracks. And, you know, Justin Allgaier is a driver who has certainly gotten it done in the past and I think can can get it done. Uh, Okay, Um, Jacob, you got an ARCA winner?
2: Absolutely. Which Venturini
1: car do you pick to win? (laughs) Well, we got a minute left. You are
2: correct about that. I, I'm a sucker for a good comeback story. Come on. You know how
1: this script said so you're up. picking Neckis Christian Neckis. Absolutely. Uh, okay. I can't pick him now. So I'll pick Michael self because, well, I, I need a two inch limb once in a while. Randy, you got one.
6: No, I, uh, Jacob actually was going to take my pick. So I'm going to pick Christian Neckis cause I could do it when wow. I produce the show. Um, <laughs> so, and, and I, again, the whole feel good story, you know, I mean, coming back from, you know, being as sick as he yeah. was, that would be an awesome way to, to cap that off. So. Yes, it really would be Agreed, by the way, sure. tiny
2: nugget Uh Josh Williams is my dark horse pick for the Xfinity race this weekend, and he's got a uh, new primary sponsor, new old primary sponsor, in Starbright Incorporated this nice. weekend. Their first time as a sponsor in the series. And with that, we need to get out of here. Thanks yes. to HMS Motorsports, Strutmasters, and MyComputerCareer.edu for what they do to make this show possible. For Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall, and if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend. Good night. Good
0: night. night. You've been listening to The Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this Program are those of the host, co host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.